Uh, what's up, Mike? What's up, Walker? Should we do this? Let's do it. Welcome to Walls Down Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Walker. This is the podcast where we talk about stories of masculinity. Yeah. It's been... I know we often say it's been a while. But it's we, actually been a while. It's This has been... I mean, if you're a regular listener, if you're one of the, the Wallies, <laughs> as no one calls them, <coughs> it's... Uh, I don't think we put an episode out in three weeks. It, uh, you know, life gets real busy. Mm-hmm. Life gets busy. Um, and I think we said before that we were going to start putting them out every other week, which I think we will, but we're excited. We have a great guest today. Our friend Ellen is here, but we'll get to her later. Um, yeah, uh, we were talking before we started recording. There's just like so much that's happened. It's, I almost like don't even know. Start us off. What's Start going off? on? What's going on? Um, <laughs> Lots of the last episode was when my brother and family were in town. My dad came in town with my stepmom, which was actually, they, she had never been to New York. I had, He'd never been here since I lived here. It was really cool. He was cooking at the James Beard house, which was, I mean, awesome for him. I was so excited. We got, there was actually like a live stream video. So we got to like see him um, doing that, which was really cool. But it was also just cool to have them in the city and get to go, you know, do New York stuff and eat good food. And, um, what New York stuff did you guys do? We did. I mean, my dad was busy a lot of it. So I went with my stepmom. We just kind of like, I asked her, I was like, do you want to go to museums and all that? Nice. She was like, cause she'd never been. She was like, I don't really care. So we just like one day we walked, walked around. We like walked all through central park. Did you go to Times Square? I, I asked her if she wanted to go, and she was like, oh, we actually went last night when they were with the other the other chef. And How she, hyped were you that you did I was like, we can go if you want. Like, you should go while you're here. But I was like, oh, you went? Okay, we don't have to go. We don't have to go. Um, and it was cool having my dad, you know, having my dad here. Um, you know, I don't see him as much, but me and my dad, I mean, I've talked my dad. I was thinking about this. My dad listens to the show. And it's so, and or at least he he has listened to it, and I I just was thinking about it. And I didn't I meant to ask him, and I didn't like. I wonder what that experience is like, because obviously we talk about dads and our dads and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was cool just hanging out with him. You know, I feel in a really good place with him. Not not that we're ever not in a good place, but like I was thinking, I think we've talked about this before. You know, so often in my life, feeling like when I'm around my dad, I like just wanted him to like, I get like, I probably wasn't consciously thinking of it, but like thinking back, just like I wanted him to like think I was interesting or like know what to say around. I just like got nervous around him. Just like, what do I talk about? And I'd always be like, say stuff. And I'd be like, what'd you say? That was so stupid. What? Yeah. Um, but like now, you know, he and I just talk like two guys and mm-hmm. I like that. Um, get out of here, Tyra. Um, so that was cool. Um, that was really cool having him here. And what else? I mean, work. Part of the reason I've it's been harder like to do the podcast and find people and stuff. Just work has been crazy. Yeah. You know, people. 
work gets that way. Um, something that was happening today, and this, you know, I think this might have to do with masculinity. I think it might have to do with race. I think it might have to do a lot of things. And it's something I've noticed before, but it happened a bunch. I was in, I was up in Williamsburg today, which anyone who's not from New York, Williamsburg's in Brooklyn, and it's like a very cool, trendy part of Brooklyn. Um, but, uh, and especially this one part, like the north side, west, yeah, northwest side, especially yeah. on a Saturday is like just fucking packed. It's like just, Soho or Tribeca. <laughs> it is. It's like, yeah, you feel, it's like very cool people, very, like a lot of tourists are yeah. there. Like it's, and I ha- I was up there getting my phone fixed. And so I just had, I was like just walking around for a while. And, um, something I've noticed before, and I, I, I don't know what it has to do with, but I don't know if I have like a face or what. I don't know if I just look like someone that people to talk to. Like I get asked for directions like at least once a week. Mm-hmm. And like I have people start like, and those people, like I noticed it cause I had to walk by, you know, those people on the street, they're like, Oh, do you have a minute for children or anything? Um, <laughs> you saved the world. <laughs> yeah. And like, sometimes I stop and talk to him, but like I had to walk past these, the same group twice. And I like kind of, I was like, sorry, I'm like kind of in a hurry. I'm trying to make this appointment the first time. And then I went actually across the street. So I thought I could avoid them, but there was another girl on the other side of the street. And she, I watched her like four people walk by her and she didn't say a word. And then as I was coming, I saw her like, look at me and was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, ah, no, I felt, I just kept walking. And then I was walking down the street and like, there was several people in front of me and this guy coming and I could tell, I was like, this guy's like, not like. He seemed like he was homeless. And, you know, the people in front of me passed away. And then I passed him and he looked at me like he knew me. And I was like, oh, like, do I know? I I was just like, he had this look like he knew, like, oh, there you are. And then he's like, (laughs) hey, sorry. Like, I passed him. And he was like, hey, excuse me, Sue. Like, can you come back? And and then he, like, went in his thing. And I was like, I don't have any cash. And I was like, I'm going into this grocery store. Do you want me to get you anything? Because I'm, like, really nice. I'm a really good person. And... (laughs) But literally, as, as soon as I was like, I don't have any cash, I'm going to go in the screw. He was like, thank you, and just walked off. Um, but, so, I don't know. Uh, I mean, does that happen to you? Do people, yeah? Yeah. What? Because I've talked to my sister and my girlfriend, and they're like, no, that doesn't, I don't really. I feel like we're present. Yeah. Like, op- like open to, like, people engaging with us. Yeah. You know. Is like that, the- like, because I do make eye contact with people yeah. a lot. Which I notice when I like meditate and like I'm in that like Mm. in the moment and like making eye eye contact with people. I typically people are like, "Hey, what's up?" Like hi, or like you know make eye contact with me, or if I smile at people, they like sense it about you. They sense that like openness. Well, and that is interesting because there have certainly been other times. I mean, I didn't live in New York when I before I was like more like working on being present and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But like I did, I was here for five weeks one time and I don't remember. I remember one, I felt like such an outsider. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I didn't belong, but so maybe that read on my face, but yeah, no one ever asked me for directions or anything. I wonder if I just like had like that look of, I don't know because, and then I guess, you know, tying it sort of into the theme of, of uh, the walls down podcast, there's something it's like there have been times in my life where maybe I conceptualized my own masculinity as like being tough and like looking 
like you don't want to fuck with me. Like, not just approachable. Don't, not approachable, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so on some level, even like even uh, on some some level, I'm like, oh, am I like a rube? Am I like some like punk? Because mm-hmm. and that's why people like I'm like look like a dope just like walking down the street. Like that's why every person asks me for money. Every per- you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do think maybe it has. There's something, but I also like it. I like, like you're saying, yeah. like I like feeling, I don't know. So that was what was happening today. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's been plenty of other instances. It's it's funny now, it's like become a joke in my, the people that like know the podcast, everything will be watching. Movie, actually this happened at work yesterday. We were watching like a, we were, at a tra- we were doing a training and it was like a video of someone doing therapy. Anytime we'll watch something and somebody will say something like, you know, in reference to like they got to do something so they don't look like a pussy or like they do mm-hmm. this uh, like it's like become a joke and i'm like up oh, get them on the podcast yeah. gotta get that guy on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so that's where i'm at what's up with you mike um yeah just like you working a lot yeah you know? i just feel like i'm in this like workflow where it's just like grind 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 uh-huh. grind um but it's good you know um still waiting to hear back from columbia but do you know when you, the you May. should? Oh, okay. Which seems like forever away, but yes. it, it's good. I don't. I'm not obsessing about it. Like, um, I know I did everything I could have done to like make this happen. So, literally, it's up to the universe and Columbia. Um, <laughs> although, whenever I go home, like, I'm like, did I get the? Did I get the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the package? Yeah. <laughs> but throughout the day, it's fine. But like when I walk through the door, I'm like, did I get that package? <laughs> No, I didn't see it. Okay. Did I get an email from him? Nope. All right. Um, Even though they said it would probably be in May? Yeah. I'm like, yo, <laughs> okay. send it now. Yeah. <laughs> send it, like, tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just working a lot. And, um, you know, I've read four different books since the beginning of the year. So wow. I've been, like, sitting and reading. Since the beginning of this 2019? Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um which is like crazy for me. Like I yeah, never no, read at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I found this, like I, I said it here before I found this like new love for like just sitting and reading at mm-hmm. coffee shops. Um, so I've been doing that. Um, yeah. And just staying in that like flow state and present and, um, not future tripping. Yeah. And not trying to control everything and just letting things happen and being open to receiving whatever is supposed to happen so i would assume that you've been if you're staying in that you're pretty peaceful yeah everything is peaceful so you're super busy but yeah i'm super it's uh i'm busy but it's not like i'm not creating this like busyness yeah i'm allowing like stuff to like come to me and taking like calculated action Hmm. um which for me is like good because i can in especially in new york like i can walk outside and be like oh, i gotta do this i gotta do that and really yeah. i don't have to do shit like this morning i woke up got a breakfast burrito and then went back to sleep and like it was like oh, okay that's what i'm gonna do today and then i met you yeah and then now we're here you know but like being okay with just that because I don't know. From in my experience, like just living in New York, I feel like I have to be doing something all the time. Yeah. You know, like I looked outside, it was sunny, and my head automatically goes like, 
you have to go outside. It's sunny. You have to be outside. Yeah. You know, I look at Instagram and it's like, oh, everybody I know that lives in New York is like doing something. They're outside. It's beautiful. I'm like, oh God, I got to go outside. Yeah, no, yeah. chill. Like I, what I want to do is chill right now. Yeah. No, I totally like that feeling of like what you're saying, of like keep creating uh, things to be busy with. Like sometimes yeah. I'm like, uh, like when I'm tr- like in that mode of like, I need to be hustling more. I need to yeah. be like, okay, well then I need to be reading. I need to be th- basically just like imagining a fantasy thing. Mm-hmm. Cause like I could already have a plan set and I, let's say it's like, Oh, and a certain time mm-hmm. I, I have to wait for this thing to happen. Right. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, well I, but I could also be researching about that thing. It's like, no, no, no. That thing is already set in motion. Like, yeah. All you have to do is stay alive yeah. until then mm-hmm. and that thing will happen. But I'm like, oh, no, you got to, it's like to have control. I mm-hmm. want to have more control mm-hmm. over it and like how it's going to turn out. Yeah. And it's, and the longer term that thing is, the harder it is to not like, to just like, let it be. Like if it's like something that's going to take like three years, I'm like, uh, but what can I do now? Like, mm-hmm. let me get ahead of it. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, what this, like, waiting for Columbia is teaching me is, like, you literally have to, you have no control. Yeah. You have to sit. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I did, literally did everything they asked me to. So, I really have to have faith that everything's yeah. going to work out. And if I'm supposed to go there, I'll get in. And if not, I could just reapply <laughs> for next spring. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, exactly. Literally, that's it, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cool. I'm trying to think what else happened. It's been three weeks. Um, yeah, everything is good, man. Life is good right now. I mean, that's kind of how I feel too. Like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, you're just in there. Like, I don't know. And maybe it's harder. It's definitely, I will say it's been harder to, with all the others, there's just lots of other stuff going on to be in that constant mode of like checking of like, how could this fit in the podcast? Like, how could that, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I was saying, we joke about that. Like, oh, yeah. get them on the podcast. But like, and now, I, like, I'm also thinking like, you know, since we've talked, I think on the last episode with Curran, he and I did just briefly mention there was like the Gillette thing, the Gillette, and then I felt like there was like two or three other things like that came out that were like very like in the social kind of like sphere talking about masculinity but maybe it's just like articles i've read or like things people sent me um my brother-in-law sent me this it was like some country singer talking about toxic masculinity and how it's it's like it's a phrase that's attacking masculinity and like how and it's it, it just came to my mind like i was reading it and it was really it was like Toxic masculinity is not anti-masculinity. No. It's like saying that's like saying poisoned water. If you're anti-poisoned water, you're anti-water. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. This is the kind that's bad for you. Like it hurts you. And if it yes. doesn't hurt you, yeah. Then it's cool. not even it's there there is no bad or good. It's like yeah. your perception of it. Exactly. Like yeah. How it fits you. Like yeah. are you allergic to this kind of masculinity? Mm-hmm. And yeah. what what's your what's been your experience with toxic masculinity yeah yeah yeah. how has that sort of like been for lack of a better term good or bad yeah you know positive or negative i guess that's the whole that's the whole show isn't it Mm -hmm. okay just trying to have an experience (laughs) hear stories baby all right well we've got someone who's going to tell some stories ellen is going to come on 
talk to us about her experience with masculinity after the break. Sure. Nah. 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 Welcome back to Walls Down. I'm Walker. I'm Mike. We're here with Ellen. So, Ellen, hi. Hey. So, first question we always ask, how do you identify? That's a good question. Um, I identify as a um, cisgender woman, straight, white, living in New York. All right. Cool. And so to um, so everybody kind of has context for who you are today. What tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. I love this cat, by the way. Tyra, she's she's like a therapy animal. This yeah. is great. Um, Until she attacks. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Um, I'm a. I work in sex education, um, so I support high school health teachers who teach. Um, you know, they come from a range of disciplines. A lot of them are PE teachers by discipline. Some are art teachers, social studies, but for whatever reason, they're teaching health. Uh-huh. And so um, I provide them with training and curriculum and one-on-one support for teaching sex ed. Um, I used to teach sex ed myself. I taught middle uh-huh. and high school, but now um, I went back to school. That's why I live in New York now um, to get my master's in public health. And this is the job that I got. Very when I graduated, cool. yeah. Was that was that the job? Well, we'll get to that. Um, is it mostly public schools? Is it all yeah. schools? It's public schools. I mean, like a range of um, just like traditional public high schools. There's some charter transfer international schools as well. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, all DOE, NYC, DOE schools. Very cool. Yeah. Wait, what is DOC? DOE, Department uh, of Education. Department of Ed. Mm-hmm. Duh, Mike. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. No. I use a lot of three-letter acronyms, and people are like, what That's is how that? you know she's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, what, so, go back to what were some of the first messages you got, whether they were explicit or just you kind of picked up on them about masculinity and or what it was, what a man was versus, and it doesn't have to be versus what a woman was, but just sort of those first ideas you kind of have like little Ellen. Yeah. That's a hard question to answer. I mean, I think that there was always, so I grew up in a house with, a, I had a sister, a mom and a dad. So there was like more feminine mm. energy in the home than masculine. Um, you know, like I, I'm I'm guessing that like my dad was probably the first sort of like um the first message I got about what masculinity is. Um he's not a very like um like manly like it was never like let's play football like uh, I get <laughs> so I'm like communicating some stereotypes right now, right? Sure, like sure. but um my dad was just very quiet. Um, so I think that like my earliest conception of masculinity or, or men was just, um, not a lot of emotion, Mm. um, emotionally unavailable, Mm. um, is sort of like 
the blanket statement. I mean, there, you know, I, I can remember, um, I can remember seeing my dad cry once in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was even confusing cause I didn't even, you know, I felt like some pretty traumatic things had happened, you know, like loved ones dying, you know, things like that. And, um, this was, a, my cousin's wife had, uh, suddenly, um, been diagnosed with cancer and died and they had like three kids. So it was just really, really devastating. And, and my dad cried and, and I remember being like uncomfortable mm. or like confused about why he was crying. Um, how, how old were you? 21. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So like, um, and, and it's interesting because, you know, my grandpa, like my, my dad, I always knew, I always knew that my dad loved me. He just was, um, you know, his love language was not words of affirmation. <laughs> it was not physical touch. Um, you know, I like got those things, but it was like acts of service was my dad's love language. Yeah. Um, so like I could, I might wake up and he would have gotten like my favorite donut. Like that's how he showed love. Mm. But in terms of saying like, I'm proud of you or like, I see you like that was, um, there was less of that. And, you know, it was made complicated by other things going on in my house. But, um, yeah. So when you were really little, it was sort of, at the time, maybe you didn't conceptualize it as like man or whatever, but like in your household, the the masculine figure was just quiet. There was just less quiet. Noise. Yeah, like I, I just didn't. It was hard to connect with him. Like I, I never really knew what to say to him, and I feel like he didn't know what to say to me. Um, you know, I could like be telling him something about what's going on in my life, and he's like looking somewhere else, or like getting distracted, or mm. seeming like impatient, and like, um, my dad also. Uh, has drinking stuff <laughs> yeah. to, you know, to put it lightly. So, um, so there was like my dad being like sober, but like, um, hard to communicate with. And then there was my dad like after seven o'clock or eight, which was just like a different person altogether that yeah. I couldn't talk to. So, um, and a lot of the talking, I, you know, the, the parent that I, I really did, um, I was deeply attached to when I was young was my mom mm-hmm. and she's also, you know, she's got her own like codependency stuff. So, you know, I would say like middle school was when I sort of just like, um, was like, felt like I was on my own. Like I just had to like figure stuff okay. out on my own, yeah. you know? Well, so, you know, in that kind of that time, what did, so as you had those, early messages and then you went out into the world of you know school and friends and stuff what do you remember getting starting to learn other messages about what men were or boys were yeah um you know it's i would also mention just that um i did my grandpa was was like a a really strong male figure in my life he lived in new york i live in in california so i didn't see him a lot but he was very like doting and like affectionate and verbal about his but he also like wasn't a big talker about like stuff that had happened to him so I think that like a message that I got about masculinity was just that like um was that like I've got this Mm. you know like I don't need your help I don't need help in general we don't have to talk about stuff that's happened in the past because like why does it matter Yeah. yeah yeah this like um like 
the way that I would put it now in a more sort of like had more years and feeling like <laughs> feeling a little fired up after some things that happened earlier that I'll talk about. But um, uh-huh. just this like refusal, like refusal to accept help and like to get help uh-huh. for like past trauma. <laughs> um, and like that refusal to get help for past trauma being like um, thrown up on other people. You know, um, so that was like a thing. Um, and I think that like when I was in school, it was, I remember like in middle and high school is when I started noticing that like guys using the F word with each other. And I don't even want to say it on here because yeah. I'm like very uncomfortable Not with fuck. the word. <laughs> Three oh, letter yeah. words beginning with F, calling each other that. Oh, yeah. Um, and as a way, as a way to shame one another, uh-huh, you yeah. know, and, and like, it's interesting cause I work in sex ed now. So I'm able to like, look back on it with a, with a different lens than I was back then. Like at, back then it was just kind of like, this is childish. You're homophobic. Like you can't say that word, mm. you know, like I come from Berkeley. So like, mm. what it's, it's like one of the more LGBTQ inclusive places yeah. you could live. So even when you were young, you were yeah. like, that's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it was, you know, I had I had like trans friends and gay and bi straight friends mm. growing up. So it was like, um, and we had teachers that were openly gay. And I remember being in, in one of those teachers' classes and like one of my guy friends like calling another friend like, dude, you're such a fill yeah. in the blank. Yeah. And we all like the class went silent. We just looked at him and shook our heads because like the teacher is right there and he can mm. hear and he's gay. <laughs> You know, yeah. and like, but like looking back on it now, it, it was really like, um, and in grad school, we like read some literature on this and it was really like this way to like, um, shame other, you know, boys into being more masculine, like yep. more manly. Yep. And, and it's all sort of like rooted in misogyny because mm-hmm. it's like this, if you, if there's anything feminine, remotely feminine about you, or like if you're weak, that means you're feminine and that's bad. Yeah. If yeah. you like, and it, it's this interesting thing. Cause like as a sex educator, you teach kids that, um, sexual orientation and gender are completely distinct, you know, like someone could be trans and be straight. Someone could be, um, cis and be gay. Like uh-huh. they're, but, but when it comes to masculinity in this country, like there is a lot of overlap because like masculinity and heterosexuality are like one is like rooted in the other and vice versa. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, 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 it, and that was the first time I really noticed it as a kid. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause we've, uh, I mean, you, one, you're the one who told me about that book, which I got, it's called mm. dude, you're a fag, which is yeah. the word. <laughs> it's the book. And I, yes, when I read it on the subway, I feel uncomfortable. Oh, I know. Yeah. I like turn the <laughs> I cover I had to read around. it for class and I was like hiding the cover. But, but it, it, it is, ta- it talks about that. It talks, it's the guy basically embedded himself into a high school and observed this, uh, a very, co- the complex nature of men shaming each other. And so, but anyway, mm. I, we've talked around here how like, yeah, like I certainly would use that word. Would you to call it? Oh, that's so gay. That's a, and, mm-hmm. ha, and grew up with, you know, in a different place. I grew up in Oklahoma city. It wasn't Berkeley, California, but had <laughs> my family was very open like had gay friends and, and, but the weird nature. And I've talked about it on this, on the show before I talked about it in like, 
I was thinking as you're talking about it, like I, I've said on the show, it, I had no problem with people being gay. I just didn't want people to think I was gay. But now that I'm thinking about that, like I actually now, like you were saying, it was like I didn't even care if people sort of thought I was gay because I'd be like, no, no, I'm not. I'm sure because sometimes that happened. Like sometimes people would think like more later in my life. Um, but it was, it was like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying he's gay. I'm saying he's like being lame. Mm-hmm. He's being like, like weak. Like that was really what yeah, I was like, yeah. like you were like punking out mm-hmm. if, and then you'd use that word. So yeah, you're right. It's like, it was so confused and mashed up with, right. yeah, like, and you would ask, I mean, like you would ask, I would ask friends like, you know, like, why do you say that? And, and it was always like, I'm not homophobic. Like, this has nothing to do. I'm fixing it. <laughs> yeah, it got really low. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. No, 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 this is good. This is better. Um, it was, like, never about being homophobic. It was just about, like, proving your manhood. Yeah, proving you're that you're, yeah, that you're not weak. Yeah, and yeah. And all of it sort of, like, boiling down to, I'm not a girl. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not a girl. Yep. And yeah. as a, as a young girl, ha, I guess you were saying when you were younger, you saw it as like, oh, it's homophobic. Right. Exactly. So did you get it as ha, that it was so bad to be feminine then? No. Okay. And I never, honestly, I never really like growing up. I never saw being a girl as limiting. Hmm. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't raised to believe that that was limiting. Like I, you know, if, regardless of you know what disconnect I have with my dad or anything like that like there was never any doubt that he believed in me and loved me and thought I was you know the few times that he was able to really like articulate his pride in me it was like I knew from the time that you were two that I just had to get out of your way you know Mm -hmm. and um so there was never I never felt like I couldn't do things because of being a woman like I I think that like from the time I was a teenager, it was clear that my experience existing in public was different than men's, you know, like having to think about, um, having to be aware of like, um, street harassment Mm -hmm. and like what kinds of outfits were going to get more street harassment or like, um, stereotyping, like what types of groups of guys were likely to give me shit (laughs) when I was walking down the street and like, um, being mindful of like what time it was, if I was alone, how dark it was. Um, you know, it was clear, it was clear from a young, and it was also, you know, on the flip side of that, like it was clear the sort of like benefits that I could, um, have just by like talking to men in a certain way, you know, like I could get out of things that like my male counterparts could not because I could flirt, you know? So like that sort of, um, this like sexualization of women was both like um, oppressive and like scary. And also like you could use it to your advantage. Like I was, I was aware of that from a young age, Mm. you know? Yeah. And so, well, and it's, I mean, it's so interesting because it's not, you know, something you talk about, like that idea of like the privilege of not having to worry about this. Mm -hmm. Cause I, you know, I would think like as, a young man it was like i'm not scared to walk in this place or like i'll I, like mm-hmm. i'll go out at night i don't care you know what i mean whereas it's just like 
it sounds like you're saying like as a woman that's not like there was no one challenging you to do that they were like you need to be safe and mm-hmm. you need to yeah so as you you know like because I feel like there's this as we've interviewed more and more people we see that there's kind of like you enter middle school is when you really start to like those things you really start to like delineate between Mm -hmm. the boys and girls and then there's Mm -hmm. interest and there's sexuality and that kind of stuff and it sounds like you're talking some about that and so like how did that those ideas that you started make like continue into high school and how did you what did that look like for you as like did you solidify more into like this feminine role did you challenge things did you I think that um I think that that like complicated relationship that I was just highlighting between like um like not being super feminine in certain ways and also being like quite feminine in other ways like just sort of like continued I would say that you know when I look back over my high school years there's definitely like a clear um I think that I I didn't quite figure out like how to really like connect with men, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I had guy friends, and that usually would end in like them having feelings and me being like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there was also like a lot of drinking and a lot of like hooking up associated with drinking, but uh-huh. there was like not any sort of um, platonic, intimate friendships with men. Mm -hmm. It was all kind of, um, like, the only way I really knew how to relate to guys was to flirt, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was to flirt or to, like, hook up with them when I was drinking. Um, You know, it's, it's interesting because I sort of, it was really in high school and then, like, college as this, like, continued, this, like, um, there was this like deep desire, this like really deep desire to like have a strong emotional connection with a man and also like a profound fear of it mm. and like inability to actually, like I just didn't, I think because I didn't have a lot of men growing up that like I really could be intimate with, like emotionally, yeah, like vulnerable with, that it was yeah. like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how this works. So it's yeah. like, either I'm going to flirt with you and then you're going to have feelings and I'm going to be like, whoa, I didn't say I liked you and I'm going to push you away. Or like, I'm going to get drunk and hook up with you and then like hope that you call me and then you're not going to call me and then Mm. I'm going to hate you and then I'm going to hate all men. So it was just kind of this like, um, it was almost safer for me to like do the things that were going to inevitably keep men at arm's length than it was to like actually give it a try to connect with someone and like fail risk failing at it. So mm. it was, I, I developed, I developed at some point this like kind of like burn my bra hate for men, mm. <laughs> but also this like need for them. Like mm. I, I like really like placed my self-worth on how much men liked me. Well, so I mean, I think some, some very interesting <laughs> There's points a lot. I'm thinking of like going taking it back to high school when you first were having those like male friendships and then, but also like the hookups and and you said like needing it. We talk a lot about on here about like currency, like social current, like, and and 
did you feel like you say like I, you know, like want needing that stuff? Like, did you gain social currency from men? Did you have your own social currency and your femininity? Did you, you know what I mean? Can you define social currency? So, like, Mike and I have talked a lot about how we both had very strange relationships to sports. Mm-hmm. Like, we both played sports. I played, he was better than me, but I played, like, lots of sports. And I didn't really like a lot of the playing it, but it gave me access and currency. Like status power. or Status, something? power. Yeah, like, to have these, yeah. to be a part of these group. Like, mm-hmm. And I saw, I think, the clearest example I, I always give is when I was like in fifth grade and I was like grunge had gone away, but me and my one friend were still into it. Like I had like undercut and long hair and I like listened to Nirvana and skateboarded. And then he left and everyone was into like prep and Abercrombie and Fitch. And I was like left behind. And as a, however old you are in sixth grade, 12 year old, I remember this like few months into sixth grade being like, Oh, I know what I need to do. And I like that night went home and shaved my head, like buzzed my head, wore like the one polo I had that my parents like gave me for like (laughs) church. We went to once every 10 years and like went to school the next day. Did you pop the collar? No, well, that wasn't until college. The double <laughs> pop, yeah. the double pop was warning. Yeah, the college. layers, oh, yeah. Was dark. Yeah, yeah, things got dark in college. <laughs> that Hollister, like no. I worked at Hollister for one shift, oh by the way, and yes. I quit after I one shift. Too. <laughs> I, didn't know I still remember how it smelled. Oh yeah, oh, and the God. loud music. <laughs> I told them the, the music was too loud. Like striped. <laughs> what the? But fuck? but so what I mean is like at a and then within. Three or four months, I was spending the night at the cool guy's house. I was mm. getting to go over to the Berkey twins' house on the weekends, the girls, and, like, hang out with them. And so it was like I learned, even if I didn't know I was learning it, I learned how to maneuver into space and play. And I didn't play sports before either. I started playing basketball. I started, And, like, it was like I learned the code, which yeah. fucked me up later in life. But, like... I saw that even if I didn't know I saw it. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, and yeah. so, well, so let's take a break and okay. think about that. And I want to <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts on that. Sure. Welcome back to Walls Down. Mike's here. I'm here. Walker's here. Ellen's here. We're talking to Ellen. What's up? So, <laughs> we were talking about the social currency, the p- power, maybe is a better mm. word. Um, do you recall how, seeing how you got your own power, how you, whether it was connected to men or if it was independent of that, but like, do you remember? I feel like, yeah, it's, it's interesting because when you first asked me that, I, my gut, my first reaction was no, like social currency wasn't tied to men, you know, that said, I feel like I, you know, I feel like I had like a strong circle of friends and like a good social standing, um, independent of relationships. I would, I really wasn't in, I wasn't in a relationship in high school until like the very end of senior year. And, um, and for a while it was like not even a relationship. It was just like, talking quote unquote and like (laughs) hooking up but like not official so it was you know but I think that I think that there I did feel a sense of power in being like desired by men for Mm -hmm. sure um 
there was like definitely, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like I, I just like have this, I just remember this like realization that like I could get guys to like me and like there was some, there was some power in that. Yeah. Like I can get what I want mm. by like winning over the like desire of men and, mm. and it, I don't know that that was so much like a social currency thing as much as it was like, um, I, I just somewhere along the way started placing like my sense of self-worth on like how desirable I was to men and whether guys liked me. So yeah. it was like, oh, you like me, then I'm worthy. Like yeah, I'm beautiful. Yeah. I'm important. Like you don't like me. I'm nothing like, uh. you know, so I, and I, it's hard for me to say exactly where that came from like I don't know if it was like this um you know stuff related to how I grew up or if it was just like living in a society that basically like tells you like your job is to be desirable to men mm -hmm. and like women are sort of like we're fed this lie that's like almost not a lie I'm not really sure how to feel about it but this like belief that there's like a shortage of men and we're all in competition with each other mm -hmm. for men yeah. you know and like the woman who is the most beautiful, has the biggest boobs, the biggest butt, the smallest waist, like those women, like that's what like the media tells us, right? That like, that's what's going, you know, you're gonna, but there's like not enough to go around. So like, there's this like competition between mm -hmm. women. And, and there's a part of me that's like, that's a lie that we're taught, right? To uh -huh. like keep women lesser than, but it's also, as you get older and you start to date, you start to feel like maybe it's not a lie. Cause there is this sort of like, you know, you reach an age where you're interested in like really meeting someone. And like a lot of the, a lot of the people I'm dating, like are really not on that level. So it does feel like there is actually a shortage of men who like really want to like be with you uh -huh. that don't just want to like fuck around, well, you know? <laughs> well, and as you're saying that I'm thinking about like, I wonder if that messaging was, it, it creates a space for men to not push themselves. Like, I, I mean, like I feel more just even day to day, but le less so now, but definitely in the past, much more like in competition, just like to be more manly to mm -hmm. other men. Not like, so I can get like, there is the part to like get women and there is that kind of like, it it's like I'm. It's more important for me to prove that I'm manly to other men than to prove that I'm desirable to women. And mm. it's and as you're saying, I'm like so that it's almost like it's an afterthought. So it's like if women are teaching themselves that they have to do all this to get men, we're just like yeah, like fucking, you'd be lucky to be with me. Like so I can be like a, I can be shitty for lack of a mm. better phrase. Like I can I'll cheat on you and I'll whatever, I'll text you back when I want to or whatever, because you've been fed this message that you, you're lucky to get anything from me. You're lucky to get attention from me at all. So mm. like, I, I don't need to re like push myself to this higher level. And that it's like, it all feeds into itself because then it does seem like there are less men and less quote unquote good men. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so then you do, you're like, Oh, I better compete even more with these other women mm. like, i want to know wait 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 just to be clear <laughs> what is this level that we're like aspiring to or what are we talking about well, as far as like i mean i guess what what is it what is like i mean i have sisters i have a lot of female friends 
and I've been around them when they're dating. I've talked yeah. to my girlfriend yeah, about yeah, the yeah. dating scene and just like, yeah, there's just like a lot of, there's just a lot of like jerks. Mm. You know what? I think a lot of it is just messaging around like what's acceptable behavior for men versus women. I think that, okay. um, I think that men are not really, I think there's a lot of this like boys will be boys mentality. Oh, this like extended other. childhood that's like considered acceptable for men that's yeah. not considered acceptable for women. So yeah. like you hear about a 30 year old man like playing the field, having fun, doing his thing. And it's like, oh, okay, like th that's fine. Mm. You know, when it's a 30 year old woman, it's like, What's wrong with her? Why isn't she settling down? Yeah, you know. And if she getting, and if she does want to have fun and play, it's like you're getting old. <laughs> right, she's and then like oh, like how many men is you know who, how many people have she slept with? You know, yeah. it's like okay. this. It's just like um, a different level of uh, it, different types of behavior are considered yeah. acceptable well, based I, on your gender. I was having this conversation the other day with someone. Just like I remember, I mean, in no way was I always. A great uh, doing all those acceptable adult behaviors, but for some reason, whatever I I internalized like from the beginning that cheating was like something that was very like against mm. what was in my value system. Um, I only cheated on one girlfriend ever. You know, I was fifteen, and we we actually never even kissed as boyfriend and girlfriend. So, <laughs> I, and she knows. Um, but I remember, like, in my 20s, like, in, like, just having, like, uh, 20s, like, having friends who were just like, yeah, you know, I'm sleeping with something. And I'm just, I, and, like, my friends being like, oh, yeah, cool. And I was just like, it's just a, okay that you're cheating on your girlfriend? Like, that you, mm. you don't feel, like, you're, he's not like, oh, my God, I got drunk and I fucked up and I, ah, I cheated. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm having continually, continually cheating with this. And I was just like, and I remember I wouldn't say anything because I didn't want to be called out as, like, not a part of the group. Like I didn't want like weak, but I remember being like, we're just okay with that. Like, that's mm. just cool. Yeah. But that plays into that, like toxic masculinity yeah. of like yeah. men not being able to share their like vulnerability of yeah. like, Oh, I'm not okay with that. But, yeah. Like to call him out, I yeah. would have been ostracized. Yeah. And I think like there has been messaging I've heard around like, um, for a woman to be, ch uh, and, Again, this is like a lot of the conversation. I'm focusing on like my experiences yes. are mm -hmm. heterosexual, right? So like um, heterosexual, cis man, cis woman, like those are the sexual relationships I'm most familiar with. Mm -hmm. But there is this like sort of narrative around like, I don't, I don't think that you hear this quite as much anymore, which is encouraging, but this like, if a man cheats on a woman, it's like, what did you do wrong? Like, uh. What you weren't woman, having sex with him enough. Like you weren't, what did she do wrong yeah, yeah. to deserve that yeah. when it's the other way around? Like if a woman cheats, it's like, um, it's a different ball game altogether. Well, you know, it's like a different version of the, like she shouldn't have been dressed that way or right. like mm. what she was asking yeah. for it. Right. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Well, so then go back to, Oh, actually, no, I wanted to ask, when you said your gut reaction was like, no, that isn't kind of how I got social status, and like, it had nothing to do with men, what were, how did, as a woman, what was your way to get access, way to get power? Yeah, I don't know, I think that I, I, I was in a few different circles growing up, so like, I would say earlier in high school is when I was like, in with the, like, drinkers, 
druggers, partiers, you know, like hanging out with older boys. So yeah, I guess there was some like social currency in that because mm. it was like a freshman hanging out with senior boys oh, yeah. and like drinking with them and like whatever. Um, and then I sort of embraced like, <laughs> like for lack of a better word, I started embracing like my more nerdy side in like sophomore and junior year. So, I mean, throughout high school, I was getting straight A's and I was, um, it was almost this like, I, I, I decided, figured out that like as long as I was doing well in school that people could just like leave me alone. I could do whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. So, so I was, you know, there was like, um, I had, I got a lot of, a lot of social standing just like from my peer group, I guess, like the girls I was friends with the, like, um, the broad, like I, I did have a strong like peer group. I would say like by senior year of like boys and girls and we were all just like friends and like a lot of the guys that we hung out with were athletes a lot of the girls were athletes like I was in theater like there was just a lot of like um I don't know I guess just yeah just like social currency just from like being like friends with people that were like quote unquote cool yeah you know were there things that you could do that were like uh sort of taboo that would like you know, break the rules of that circle or that group? Yeah, I mean, like, I, th I think, like, being, um, like, being in theater was, like, not, for most other people at school that were in theater, like, they weren't considered cool. They were, yeah. like, considered theater nerds. Yeah. But, like, I could do it, and it was fine. And, like, I was really, like, I don't know, I really liked my AP Calculus class, and I had, like, a group of AP Calculus friends. We had sweatshirts. It's fine um <laughs> but like that sweatshirt yeah hell of course yeah. hell yeah it's great i'll show you pictures of it's really <laughs> awesome my nickname was ln of x which is, is a, a it's a calculus thing, thing. <laughs> i'm like what you wouldn't understand. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> i could use context clues to get the, <laughs> no i mean i remember my senior year i had like since forever hadn't like thought acting was really interesting mm -hmm. but i played three sports every year like that wasn't in my senior year I was in the theater class for two years because it was like a joke class, like mm -hmm. an easy elective. And the teacher, I was like singing some made up joke song and she was like, you're auditioning for the musical. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but I really wanted to. I was sort of like, what? No, I'm not going. But I was like, oh, I, I want to. So, And I, I didn't wrestle. I wasn't on the wrestling team that year. And I remember my coach being like furious. And I was a terrible wrestler. I'm like mm. the opposite body type you want for wrestling. But What is wrong with you? <laughs> but he really was like, are you fucking kidding? Like, yeah. no, you're not going to do that. And then I did it. But, I, but yeah, in a way, it was almost like I made it okay because it was almost kind of like a joke. Like um, all my like, but I mean, I took it very seriously, but like, I remember like on opening night, like all my, my bros came and like yelling and stuff like that. And like, but it was like, it, it was, I, I think a piece of me was like, this isn't serious. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to fully invest in this. Um, yeah. I think that, I think that being like in with a cool group, quote unquote, and like, just, I don't, you know, and this is probably related to like, um, just uh you know what we've been talking about getting like social capital from uh, male attention but just like being pretty just like got you 
or what other people perceive to be pretty yeah. gets you like a certain level of like, well, you can do these things. It's okay for you yeah. to do it because you're like otherwise yeah. cool and like pretty and normal. Yeah. Quote unquote. Like you, know? you have enough privilege to let that slide. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So take us into college and now you're kind of like becoming more of an adult and you were talking about kind of starting to develop almost this like push back to this, these ideas. Well, I, I don't think there was, I don't honestly think I started really questioning things until after college, to be honest. Um, I think that in college it was just really a lot of, like my first year of college freshman year was just um is when really like the drinking and the hooking up picked up cuz it was like you're just no one is watching right like yeah. and so it was it and not only that i went to college like in LA with like lots of very beautiful people <laughs> everywhere <laughs> um and just feeling like you know like deeply insecure about um honestly just like how pretty i was compared to other women you know like feeling like um yeah just feeling like inferior and i i think that like that like need for like male validation to like make me feel like beautiful and worthy like really like was like taken up a notch you know i was like out of my comfort zone and feeling like honestly i went in high school i went from being like a big deal because i was like cool and like with the popular people and like dating this guy who was you know all the girls wanted and like um like at the end of senior year I finally got him finally made him my boyfriend and then I left Mm. um I went from that to being like nobody you know like so many more people and no one knew who I was and like why am I gonna hook up with you when I've got like this woman next to you who's like from Laguna beach and has like flawless blonde hair and like super tan, you know? So it's, um, that like need for like men to like validate my presence and existence was like taken up a notch. And, and that just sort of continued all the way through middle of sophomore year. And, and, um, I share about this a lot cause it's like, it's tied to my like drinking stuff as well. But like, I just remember feeling like, you know, after like my 45th, drunk hookup maybe like I uh, lost count it was like I just like want to meet a guy that's gonna like save me you know like Mm, I just want to meet like the guy who's gonna like like me for me and like love me for me and Mm. like not just want to sleep with me um and just like but like that that placing my being okay on men was something that was like very much a part of me at that time yeah like I won't be okay until like I am loved by a man yeah you know well, and you were talking earlier about wanting to have, and I wonder, because like when you said, I want like that savior, I want that guy to like mm-hmm. save me, like my, like in my head, I was like, what is that, who, what does that guy look like? Like, what is he? <laughs> and you were talking earlier about you not really, like wanting to have an intimate, like a emotional mm. connection with a man, but not knowing how. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you know, thinking of like what you talked about in your house and like the men that were in your house and like mm-hmm. not know. And it's like, it's like you want to go speak to someone who speaks a different language, but you've net, mm. no one's ever taught you that language. Nope. Like no one's ever. And Show like we've you. talked about yeah. like not having that language yeah. ourselves yeah. and not knowing how to have it. And so like you as like, it's like you're coming into like 
you know, the village and you're being like, how do I communicate? I want to communicate. But how? But how? And it's, it's so interesting because I feel like that inability to speak and communicate mm-hmm. is like, they, when you talk about like intergenerational trauma, mm-hmm. that's like something that is so real that like. So real. Because like, you know, it's not my business to tell my dad's story, but like my dad had like so much trauma in mm-hmm. his childhood and had a father who I don't think could really communicate with him this stuff. So yeah, like my dad was just, <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly, yeah. yeah, like, and I, and I think about like, you know, there was abuse in my dad's home and like, of all the things I had to deal with, there was no abuse. Like there was no physical, sexual, verbal abuse yeah. like that, you know, and like, thank God that wasn't passed on. But I think that like, yeah, that like inability to speak the language is something that can be passed on if, if it's not, if it's not healed you know and i yeah. and i i by the time i got to college it was like i didn't understand it at the time it's only now looking back and like doing a lot of introspection that i'm able to see it but it was like that like hate of men because like all they want is sex that's all they want they just like mm. sleep with me and they don't call me and like that's it and they're trash they're all trash and yet i didn't know how to even relate to a man other than sex so mm. it was like I'm, I was complicit in that because like all I knew to do was get drunk and flirt and go home with, Uh I didn't know how to just like build a a friendship with a guy and then like let it become something. And I was in a relationship for seven years beginning in sophomore year. And like that, honestly, like that was a mistake (laughs) because like how that started was getting drunk and going home with except that like we were both too drunk to even do anything Mm. and he just ended up being like a really nice guy who was really not that into getting drunk and hooking up with girls but was like in a frat and that's what guys did so he just happened to be like a nice guy who did in you know want my number and want to get to know me and then it was winter break and so all we had was like a whole month of texting and getting to know each other Uh. so like it was this forced getting to know of one another there was no opportunity for it to advance sexually before we could even like figure out if we liked each other and and then that that blossomed into a relationship but like and you know there's stuff there also about like um i think even in that relationship like as intimate as we could get, there was also this like level of intimacy that we never reached because he couldn't go there with me, you know? Yeah. And he, yeah. and there was stuff from his childhood that like he didn't want to talk about and he didn't want to, um, he didn't like, there was always like, it always felt like as close as I get to a guy, there was always this like layer that they were just like, not, it was impenetrable, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was weird because because I remember distinctly feeling like hate for men for like doing this to me, and yet I didn't know how to relate to men in yeah. a way other than what was that like pattern of hooking up. <laughs> well, and uh, what did that look like in that relationship? That like never quite getting there. What did that? I mean, it was. It was sort of like, I didn't see it as this way at the time because there was a lot about him that was very different from my dad, but it was sort of this like, um, if I cried, like if I, if I broke down, like he would, like he was visibly uncomfortable. Yeah. He didn't know how to be there for me when I cried. He didn't know how to just like hug me or be like, 
how can I help? Or what do you need? Or I'm here for you. Like he, it was like, let me make you feel better. Like yeah, I'm, stop, I'm like, stop, stop, yeah. like stop. Or yeah. like, not saying stop. Yeah. But, but, yeah. This like, this. So, and so there was that. And then there was, there was also this like, um, not really like wanting to talk a lot about stuff that had happened to him in his past. Um, so it was almost this like, I mean, like we did, we did talk about, we did like, he would talk about his family and his childhood and I talked about mine, but, um, there was always this, like, I don't, I don't know that it was necessarily that he didn't want to talk about it or go there. It's just, he didn't know how he yeah. didn't have the language for it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and I, you know, it's interesting because as our relationship progressed and like later in our relationship, it sort of was like, I was everything to him, you know, like I was his social life. I was his partner. He didn't have like guy friends that he like talked to about mm. any of this stuff. Like it's that, uh, that, uh, documentary that we not, it wasn't a documentary. Oh, but, hidden uh, brain. The hidden brain episode, yeah, 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 yeah. where the guy's hugging the yeah. banister in yeah. his in his apartment because oh. he wants connection. It's it, you know, it's so interesting because yeah, like I remember, you know, I, and in sort of like my observations, it was like any guy friends that he did have, like it was always surface level. It was mm -hmm. never like, what are you passionate about? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. what's upsetting to you? Like, um what triggered you you know like the stuff that i talk about my girlfriends with it was like very i was the only sort of like source of emotional support that he yeah. had and like i even remember like it he never cried he never never cried around me there was like maybe one time he cried and then we broke up at some point like I, we broke up when i was 26 or something and and we talked like a year later we facetimed i think actually it was I think it was when I did my amends with him, but um, he was talking about just sort of like being um, about like how things were going at work and he started crying and we'd been broken up for over a year at that point. I just remember like my heart broke because it was like, I'm still like, I think at that point I was still like the only person he felt like yeah. he could really cry with. And that was weird, you know, or like that was like, uh, that was emotional for me because it was just like, um, I had always like resented him when we dated for like not being able to like go there with me. And then it was like, now we're broken up and you're like emotionally dumping on me, you know? But mm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I don't even know where I was going. No, with that, no. But. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's all the stuff you're saying is, it's making me think about myself. Same. I'm self obsessed. Yo. But like, <laughs> it is that was me. That's yeah. Been me. Like, it's like, I, it's like, if I wasn't, emotionally there with people it was it wasn't because i didn't think it was like because i didn't know how to be yeah, yeah. it's never because I, I didn't want to be, yeah. yeah i didn't want to not share my feelings i didn't grow up with a house or a family that was like oh you want to sit down mike and let's talk about like how your school day was all right welcome back to walls down the, we had some technical difficulties. It's all good. It happens to yeah, us yeah, yeah, yeah. from time to time. Uh, we had the card got full, and luckily, I noticed mm, pretty pretty soon after you were you were talking about um, uh, kind of being that emotional 
so good. Mike's making fun of me for the way I like cut someone off cut, when cut, I realized cut. the thing. I mean, it's dead. I might as well just say stop talking. Like, um, but no, you were talking about how your boyfriend kind of you were still that uh, emotional receptacle for him and that he didn't have it. And then mm-hmm. I know I, Mike and I were kind of relating to that, like how... It wasn't, you know, I was, it made me think back on my relationships and how I just like didn't have those skills to, you know, like, I don't know if we said this the language before or after it died, but like, it is not the only way, just the way I was forced to develop that language was through getting sober. Like I had to Mm -hmm. do this work or else I was going to kill myself, um, either accidentally or on purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, and but in past relationships, yeah, like not being like, I know she wants me. I mean, I I wasn't even like a cold partner, but I was not able. I didn't know what was going on with me, so I couldn't mm-hmm. communicate it. And then having those mm-hmm. times where I would like, like you were saying something about fighting with your boyfriend and like wanting him, like almost like poke. And I remember yeah. being in this one relationship where my my part where my girlfriend was like very volatile but mostly like when she drank and i was like i felt like i was always like calm and whatever except when we get in those really bad fights and then i'd like like i said like punch out a mirror like fucking slam a door and like flip Mm -hmm. a table like literally i remember one time i flipped a couch like not at her but not it was in her direction um and like i'm thinking i'm like i wonder if that was like a part of it too because i was also very just like muted at that time and i wonder if a part of her was like fucking be alive have a response have a show something yeah Uh, and i think sometimes a lot of it is like when you don't have the language or ability to express like a wide range of emotions like anger tends to be the one that's easiest to elicit oh yeah because i know like growing up like um like you know yeah like i mentioned earlier i never saw my dad cry and like vulnerability was not a big part of um our relationship and like talking about how we feel but like he would get angry you know like not at me usually but like i i mean i have like very vivid memories of like being on the second floor in my bedroom and like feeling the whole house shake when he slammed like the back door because he was angry about something but just this like pent up like feeling that you don't know what to do with you know or how to express in a healthy way right right yeah i mean and that now like now i know and and, you know fear like anger is an acceptable emotion that is covering right. fear. Like anger yeah. is a secondary mode. It's like funny, like my clients will repeat that back to me when I'm like start to say it in a group or something. They'll be like, yes, anger is a secondary emotion because I say it all the time because <laughs> it, it is. is. It's it like, really is. It, it's so, I, I'm trained enough now to like, I can quickly, I still get angry, but I'm like, all right, what are you afraid of? What are you mm-hmm. like? What do you, is are afraid of losing? What are you afraid of being challenged? What are you afraid? And like, but yeah, for decades i was just like no i'm I'm fucking angry right now i'm not scared what do you mean no i'm not scared i'm angry well can't you tell i'm not scared i'm screaming and right there (laughs) you're just like oh you're scared (laughs) yeah exactly come here um (laughs) so so i mean we we were forced to take a break but we uh, we're gonna take one anyway i want to talk now kind of about what your ideas are today what your relationship to men your ideas about your ideas about your femininity, your ideas about how that, you know, masculinity, 
just what are your ideas today? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, I think especially the last year, definitely the last year has been a lot of like peeling back more layers of the onion, so to speak. And I think like it's been really about learning um, looking at my my patterns with men and masculinity and um and like this like uh this like constant like searching for something that I don't know how to I don't know how to cultivate myself um you know I've like done a lot of uh, done enough work to see that like a lot of the types of like the kind of relationship that I want with someone is like, I'm looking for it in people that are emotionally unavailable to me. Um, probably largely based on like my, my earlier experiences, right? Like with, with men. So I think, um, you know, where I'm at today, man, that's a hard question to answer. Um, I think I'm like in a place where, I'm just like feeling like I don't think about much of what I do in terms of masculinity and femininity. Like there is a lot of me that's very feminine, you know, like I like to put on, well, I, I actually don't like to put on makeup. That's a lie, but I like to um, like dress in feminine ways. And like, there's a lot, there's a lot about me that I feel like is feminine. And like, I present myself as feminine and like dress in a feminine way. And then, at the same time, like I've also embraced like a lot of hobbies that are not like traditionally feminine, like lifting weights, mm. you know, is like my biggest outlet. And, um, and so I think that it's interesting because I feel like in 2019 as a woman, we are less limited by our gender than men are, you know, mm. like I, I almost feel like there's a lot that is acceptable to women um, that's, that's acceptable for women, you know? And like a lot of the, the research that we did in school was about learning like violence against women and violence against trans women is like all rooted in this like hatred of being woman. Mm. Whereas like being masculine is something that is not considered like it's, it's easier to be a tomboy than it is to be like, f to be a woman who's more masculine than it is to be a man who's more feminine. Mm. So I feel like there is, you know, in like the women's rights movements and, um, you know, gender equality movements and just general uh, uh, patriarchy makes it so that like I can do things that are more traditionally masculine and it's okay. Um, whereas I, you know, from from what I gather and like I'm not a man, I, I don't identify as a man, so I can't say this with certainty, but like from my observations, it seems like, um, the same is still not true for men, right? And, like, I'm not saying that, like, you know, I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is, like, it seems like in the world we live in today, like, I don't feel limited by my gender unless I'm, like, walking alone at night <laughs> yeah. or, like, walking down the... Or, you know, getting an unsolicited dick pic, which is what happened to me on the train today. But you guys know about yeah. that. And, like, being like, oh, like... In general, like women are not like taking pictures of their vulva and like sending it unsolicited to men. Like uh -huh. that's just not happening. Um, so that that like 
sexual harassment is, is still like very real, but like, I think that I'm able to transcend gender forms of gender expression in a way that is less acceptable to men, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, it's less accessible to them, like to do things that are more traditionally feminine is, um, it's sort of like people want to put you in a box. It's like, well, are you trans? Oh, so then why are you feminine? Like there's yeah, not, yeah, there's yeah. no room for like middle ground with men. Yeah. It's like, you're either like identifying as a woman or like, you got to be a man. Yeah. Whereas women kind of, there's more acceptance for living on a spectrum. If that makes sense. No, totally. I mean, we've had men on here who've talked about like want, who want to wear dresses and stuff, but identify as men, um, cis men, like, mm. but they're like, if they wear a dress and walk down the street, it's almost like they're terrified of just what could happen to yeah. them. And like, and yeah. How, yeah, like that kind of thing. I mean, certainly that's not to say that like a, like a butch woman is not like, like a more a, a hyper masculine woman who identifies is like that doesn't uh, receive a lot of prejudice right. and that kind of thing. But like you're talking about, and there's the data ability. to back it up. Like violence yeah. against trans male to female. I mean, like yeah. it's astronomical compared to trans violence against trans female to male. Yeah, all of you know, and like there's all this like growing movement of like. Um, violence against trans women is violence against women. Cause it's all rooted in like this, like lack, like you're, but you're a man, like you're a man, you are the superior gender. Why yeah. would you choose? Why would you give that up? Why would you choose to be the inferior weak gender? Like there's something so completely unacceptable about that to people, to a lot of people still. Yeah. Whereas like, Oh, like there, people can wrap their minds around wanting to be more masculine yeah. and not the other way around. You yeah. Know? So, before we do the questions, going back to your experience literally today, just just in case anyone has any, you know, <laughs> thoughts about it, how did you feel when someone? What happened with getting the dick pic? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, I was um I was waiting for the train, and um I had like gotten on one train, and then the train stopped running, and so we had to get off and wait for the next train. So I was just standing on the platform and like on my phone. I think I was like texting you to tell you that I was maybe going to be late. Mm. And all of a sudden there was a picture of a penis on my phone and it was like airdropped. And I don't know who it was. Like I, I have my suspicion that mm. it was um, like I'd been, there had been a guy like looking at me uh -huh. um, before, like when I was waiting for the first train and I'd like noticed him, looked away and then like looked back at some point he was still looking. So I kind of like moved. And um, so like, it, it's possible that there was some level of like, you're not going to reject me, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I like I, I had a feeling cause then when I, when I got the picture and looked around, like he was like standing nearby, like on his phone and like, um, you know, it's possible it wasn't him. Right. Like, yeah, I, yeah. and it's possible that he was mass sending a picture of his dick to like every iPhone he could find. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, I think that, I think that people's first, so I actually posted about it on my Instagram story. I was uh -huh. like, thanks, like, thanks to the guy that sent me an unsolicited picture of his dick. Like, nothing turns me on more than a disembodied penis. Like, way to yeah. go, you know? And, like, 
most of the reactions from my female friends were like, that's disgusting. Ew. Yeah. And then there was like a guy who responded like, LOL, like what an idiot or something. Like, it's it just like, no, it's, it's like not funny. Yeah. Like it's, it's actually like a form of sexual violence yeah. to like force a picture of your genitals on somebody without like their consent, you yeah. know? And it's like, it, and it also feels like a power move too, you know? Yeah. And like, I'm a sex educator and, and I can, you know, from teaching seventh grade boys <laughs> about sex, I know that there's like a lot of like the penis is like a central focus of like, when is it going to get bigger? How big is it going to get? Yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And this like, this like being like the, the like, um, this is like the, this like body part like encapsulates masculinity. Uh -huh. Like my, my manhood is wrapped up in my penis working and being a certain size and looking yep. a certain way and it, it like it really feels it's like an expression of power like i am more powerful than you because i can just send a picture of my penis to you without you asking uh -huh. and it's going to make you feel a certain type of way and like i have that power over you yeah. you know totally. um that's how it you know that's how it felt and that's well, how it yeah. feels and like i feel like the the thing for people for if anyone like to just think of it as if the someone had just run up to you and showed you their dick. Yeah. Like, that would It feels the same. It's yeah. Like, but yeah, it's so okay. So let's do the questions. I have them. I have them somewhere. I know them generally. Are you ready? Do you feel ready for the thing you I have no is? idea what yeah. Sure. <laughs> I think I'm ready. Get a new phone today, so I'm. They're still here, but they're. Uh, oh, I just have to find them. Got them. You got them. All right, yeah. start. All right. Question one. When are you scared? What? When? when? Yeah. When are you scared? When am I scared? Um. I am scared, um, like physically I'm scared when it's late and it's dark and I'm alone. I think like emotionally I'm scared when good things happen to people that I want to happen to me that aren't happening to me. Like, um, for me, the the thing at age 30 being single is like anytime a friend gets engaged, I'm happy for them. And I'm also very scared that I'm going to be alone forever. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm always like, that's, you know, cause I'm self-centered and make everything about me, but like Same. a good thing, a good thing I want to happen to me happening to someone else. Like my brain says like, it's like this scarcity mentality. Yeah. Like There's not enough to go around. Yeah. You know? And every day it's getting yeah. less. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like they got engaged. Like, so I'm going to be alone forever. Like yeah. uh, <laughs> that's one less guy. Like he's mm -hmm. off the market. Now. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Question two. What do you need from people? Hmm. I need people to show up and to be present. Um, 
like I need to feel seen. Like when I'm talking, I want someone to like look in me in the eye Mm -hmm. and listen. I don't want them to be like on their phone texting. (laughs) Like I, and like if I make plans with people, like I want them to like follow through and not be flaky. I need people to be there for me. Okay. Question three. When do you feel hurt? Wow. (laughs) I feel hurt when people don't show up for me. Like when people flake. Um, Because I feel like I make a lot of effort to show up for people, like when it's important. So when people don't show up for me... um, That's probably when I feel most hurt. Question four, who intimidates you? Who intimidates me? Like specific people or like types of of people, people, specific people, however. Um, I, 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 um, male anger really intimidates me. Um, it makes me really scared actually. Like, uh, like a lot of, um, yeah, like male anger. That's, I don't know how else to say it. And, um, and other women, uh, maybe I'm thinking of like specific, like women that I feel insecure around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> who I feel like are better than me in some way. Yeah. <laughs> Intimidate me. Same. 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 Yeah. <laughs> we were both, when we did this yeah. to each other, we were like men. Yeah. Uh, men who are yeah. powerful. Yeah. Men who are, yeah. Successful. Yeah. I'm almost like more scared of other women than I am of men. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Reversed. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's dark and I'm alone. <laughs> I'm just, then I'm very afraid of men. <laughs> I'm, I'm intimidated by women, women that I f- find that are like more successful or like. I'm or intimidated like, by, well, like I think I said like smart people. I get like intelligence yeah. intimidation mm. and that tr- is regardless of gender. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When like someone I feel like is like more well read. That's like yes. where I've gotten more comfortable with at all. My girlfriend will use words I don't know what they mean, and instead of just being like, "Hmm, yes, I agree," and then like googling it, I'm like, <laughs> "Now I'm like, what does that mean?" And, yeah, and it still feels embarrassing when I say it, but I've had to become comfortable with just like saying like, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not a big reader," because I, yeah. I've all like historically always just like pretended that I knew oh, about authors that people were talking yeah. about, or like. And just like being comfortable with like the fact that I'm just not a big reader. Like I'm reading Harry Potter right now and it's awesome, but like, (laughs) you know, totally. Yeah. And that's like, that's okay that I'm not a big reader. Yes. You know? Uh, Um, question five, when are you proud of yourself? So my biggest hobby is lifting weights, (laughs) (laughs) like powerlifting type stuff. So, um, like when I, when I like hit a, a personal best on like a lift, hmm. um, I feel really proud. That's like, I feel super just like strong and capable. Um, 
And um, I'm like, for work, I do education and trainings and stuff like that. And so, um, like, when I when I finish a training that's like gone really well or some type of workshop, yeah. I feel really proud. It's like that education high, we call it, something like that. Presenters high or something. Yeah. yeah. All right, last question. When do you feel like your most authentic self? Oh... Um, I feel like my most authentic self when I'm just like, I don't know, hanging out at home on my couch. (laughs) Um, and just sort of like not putting on a show for anybody, I guess. Yeah. You know, I can just, just like, I've, um, learned to just, I always felt like I'm, I'm an introverted extrovert is what I, how I classify myself. And, um, I think that like when I'm around people, there's like, like learning how to be myself around other people has been like a, a, is a lifelong journey for me. But like just learning to be okay with not doing anything is something that's new for me. Like it's okay to just like be still or like not have a million things to do or like not see anybody for a whole day, just be by myself. Yeah. You know, like learning to be okay being alone. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Ellen. Yeah. Thank you so hey, much for you. being on. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I've been thinking thinking a lot about myself. So that's um So do you have anything you want to plug? Any uh projects, any anything you want people to know about? Um I don't know. <laughs> Projects? Anything. Um, concepts? Anything. Um, I think, like, just related to the topic, not, like, projects. I think that, like, one thing that I, I didn't get a chance to say earlier is just, I think something about masculinity that I've thought a lot about is just this, like, um, there's a lot of stigma around getting help. Like, hmm. therapy. <laughs> going to therapy. Yeah. And, like... I think that like thinking about like my past relationships, something I've learned is that my romantic partner doesn't necessarily have to show up for me in the way that like a girlfriend would, right? Like there's certain emotional needs that I can find in other people, but like there is a certain degree of like vulnerability that I think a lot of people want to have with a partner. And, and this, like, I heard this quote that was like, if you don't heal the hurt that's been done to you, you will bleed on people that Mm -hmm. didn't hurt you. Right. And like, this like intergenerational right but this like intergenerational trauma like the way that that cycle stops is by like looking at your stuff right so like i just feel like there just needs to be more acceptance for like all people regardless of gender identity including men masculine men like going to therapy Yeah, yeah you know and like dealing with this stuff so that like you know, that we're all able to just love each other in a, in a really cool way. Thank you for that plug. I'm down with that. Yeah. Thank you. For I'm, that I'm like, <laughs> remember for that phrase. I want to yeah. like put that in the description of the episode. Oh, yeah. Therapy <laughs> is yes. great. Therapy oh, is... it's you'll bleed on people that didn't cut you. That's it. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So cool. thank you again. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, it's good to be back. It's yeah. good to be doing it again. Um, should be coming out every other week now. We have a couple people that we've got tentatively lined up. So, um, yeah, as always, uh, you know, subscribe, rate, review, review. Um, if you have thoughts or want to be on the show, email the uh, balls down podcast at gmail.com. We're, depending on how busy we are, we're good about getting back. Sometimes not so much, but email us and we will get back to you. Um, yeah, don't go to our Instagram. Yeah, don't even bother. <laughs> oh, I did, and I shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, so definitely go. do not. Don't go to it. It'll just make everyone sad. Um, yeah, thanks again, and uh, bye, everybody. Bye. Peace. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs>